Welcome to our next in our series of discussions of living a life of deeper meaning as we explore that through the lens of Kabbalah, which later uh, becomes the language of Midah, to look at spiritual aspects of ourselves. Uh, We've been looking at each Sfirah and combination and relationship of Sfirot to each other in the Kabbalistic system, how that becomes Midot, how that becomes traits, character, spiritual traits that we want to develop in ourselves. And we are now in the week uh, after Netzach and Hod, right? So uh, all of those previous classes are online as podcasts. So if you've missed anything, know that you can catch up and start from the very beginning and listen to all of them. So you have up on the wall uh, behind us the chart of the spherot. I know it's hard to see. I'm not asking you to rely on that. I'm asking you to be able to reference that. For those of us who are visual learners, what I do up here on the whiteboard is less than helpful for some people. Um, I'm not an artist in that sense. So whenever I'm drawing stuff up here, you can look up there and see it in a much more majestic and uh, visually accurate rendering, okay? So I'm gonna write here on the board like I always do, but if you look on the wall, and, and we can post this online as well so people can see, the spherotic system, and you can Google it. You can, this is accessible on Google. Like, whenever you want it, you can pull up the spherotic system on your phone, the diagram on your phone, right? So it, it's not that you need to um, worry about being able to ever access this again. Move that wall a little closer. <laughs> right, I know, I know, right? All right, but I'm going to name them, so it's okay. <laughs> um, what is it? What's the very top? It's also here. Ain Sof. Oh, right. Okay. Linda, did you just ask me what's the very... Ain what? Really? I've, <laughs> Ain Sof, right? Ain Sof. Right? Ain Sof starts everything. What does Ain Sof mean? Nothing. Or no, literally, no ending. No end, right? Ain Sof. That's where it all begins. We did not have a discussion about Keter, Chochmah, and Bina, the first triad of the spherotic system. We did not have a discussion about that. Well, I mean, we talked about them in the first um, class, but we didn't go into each of those um, different spherot. We went into the next set. We talked about Chesed. We talked about Gevura. We talked about Tiferet. Last week, we talked about Netzach and Hod the relationship, excuse me, between Netzach and Hod. So for those of you who have not been here before, uh, you will notice that there is a relationship between the circles on the right and the left, right? There's a line drawn between each sphira that's on the right and the left of the chart. And then there's a center column. So there's a relationship that's special between each of the spherot that are across from one another, and there's a special relationship, which we're gonna talk about a little bit tonight, um, down that center column, which we haven't really talked about a lot, because we've only done Tiferet. Um, So we're gonna look tonight 
and next time, our concluding time, we're gonna be looking at that, focusing a little bit more on that center column. The relationship up and down of that without forgetting, God forbid, the relationship between the spherot that are across from one another because what you come up with is the triad, the top triad of Keter Chochmah Bina, the second triad of Chesed Gevura Tiferet, we've done that one, and we're in, we're in the middle of exploring the next triad, which is Netzach Hod Yesod. So there's lots of ways to look at this, and that's on purpose. There's lots of relationships. And I'm gonna show you another set of, of the ways that the, the tradition looks at these relationships um, as we're counting the Omer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look specifically with you. I give you a handout that we're gonna look at to show you how complex it can get, but in a good way. So none of those relationships supersedes another. They're all happening all the time, according to Kabbalah. According to the life of the spirit, all of these things are happening all the time. They're manifesting all the time. The dynamics are going back and forth, up and down, from down to up, from up to down. Like it, it's, it's not like these are the only things in relationship with each other. The whole system, and we talked about this last time, think of an engine or a motor. When it's running and we're propelled forward in our lives into growth, into Maturity, responsibility, whatever you want to, like self-fulfillment, however you want to talk about it. When the engine is running smoothly and propelling us forward in the direction we want to go, it's because all of that stuff is moving together and talking to each other and interrelating with each other in a way that is smooth and, um, and, and the communication is clear. It's not that you have one talking to this and then this, it's not sequential. This is always happening all the time inside every one of us and inside the universe. That's how it has to be, right? Because we are microcosms of the universe. We are microcosms of the divine. This is happening within the divine, according to the tradition, all the time and is manifesting itself in the world all the time and most specifically in us because we are the only conscious beings that we're aware of who can bring our thoughts to bear, our intentions to bear on those relationships to change them, right? Animals don't need to. They're perfect, right? They're, they're, they're perfect the way they are. It's only human beings who have to worry about this and have to deal with this because there's only human beings who can bring their consciousness to bear on what those relationships are and how they're functioning, right? My dog doesn't need this, right? It's happening like this for my dog all the time. It, it's functioning perfectly within her all the time. She's the perfect chihuahua one-eyed rescue mutt all the time. It is we who need this map and who manifest this map because we, like the divine, are conscious. So, talk to me about last week. Talk to me about Netzach and Hod. Yeah? What's on my board? All right, so Netzach, which is on which side? All right. Netzach and Hod, yeah? Tell me about... Well, like, we've talked about, like, it kind of balancing so that you don't think that, like, you're done or complete with something. I forget which one it is. Actually, it's both of them. That's why we spill in... I mean, that, 
Chief, that Chief Erod is thinking like, oh, right. And so then it's, Chief Erod spills into Netzach and Hod because we're like, oh, look, I figured it out. Like things are going pretty well. And then it's like, oh, really? Um, and yes, Netzach is, there's work to be done. So Netzach is about goals. Right, Tifera is that balance, so there, there's nothing to strive for, nothing to achieve. I mean, I, I don't want to, actually, I shouldn't use goals. But, but that's, kind of the, that's kind of what tips us into Netzach, right? And, yes? Netzach is drive. Netzach is drive. What does it, what does it literally mean? What does it literally translate to? Eternity. Drive. What else? Endurance, nice. Stick to witness, right? Maybe single-minded. I don't. I don't know. You ha- well, foc- focus. In that sense, focus. Yes. But but I don't want to use that because it's like you could use hold as focus too. It depends on what you're focusing on, right? Grit. I think we used grit last time. Like what it's going to take to get it done. No matter how long it takes, the drive, the determination that we can do this, we are going to do this, like the passion for it, the energy for it, the zeal for it is Netzach. And that is in direct relationship to Hod. And tell me about Hod. Acceptance. Acceptance. Nice. Gratitude. Beauty which is also about Tiferet, but, but it is related to Hod also. Splendor, we hear, huh? Let it be. Let it be. Let it be, let it be. All right, let it be acceptance, gratitude. Um, it's about, oh, look who's here. The mother of the bar mitzvah, let's all wish her mazal tov. Mazalto to the Goldstein family on the bar mitzvah of Adam this past weekend. And she's here. That is triple points for being in this sanctuary tonight after a bar mitzvah this weekend. Mazalto. Um, acceptance, gratitude, beauty, let it be. Receptivity, right? Like, or actually, um, what I want to write is as it is. This is what, if, if that's, if Hod is as it is, what is Netzach? What it will be. As it could be, yes. And maybe I would even add, should be. Right? And all that it takes to change everything into what it could be, what it should be. Hod, I'm going to accept this moment, this life, this beauty, this gorgeousness, whether I like it or not, as it is. And this is all emanating out of Tiferet, right? Tiferet spills over into Netzach and Hod. So we talked last time about, okay, so we know there's going to be a third. If there's thesis, antithesis, there has to be synthesis in this system. And so what is the unifying we're not unifying, but the, the place that comes together, it comes together in Yesod. 
the literal translation of yesod, what, what most times we see it translated as is, is foundation. Foundation. This is where we come to from the energy between or the balance between the conversation between the tipping over between the passion to get it done to change it as it could be the drive the endurance to get there and hold the acceptance gratitude finding the beauty in this moment in the now accepting what is as it is the maturity and the grace to do that the conversation the the movement between those um, results ultimately in yesod, foundation. You know that each part of the spherotic system has a body part associated with it. So um, as I said last time as a teaser, I wasn't just teasing, I wasn't lying. So um, <laughs> it is the member, right? The male member for the female, it is womb. So if you're looking at the spherotic system as the human body, we have head, right leg, right arm, left arm. I know that was a little confusing. The heart, the right leg, the left leg, yesod are the sexual organs, the genitals, and then uh, well, actually, malchut is also going to be related to that, but yesod, yesod is, is, not, is the, um, the potential of the next, of the manifestation, right? So both are involved for women. The potential, right, the, the egg, and it drops and it is their baby or it isn't, depending on what happens next. Um, but it's also the place where the baby grows and issues forth from. So it's, but this is the place of potential. The potential for foundation, which is the next, which is manifestation in this world. So in other words, if we're looking at the spherotic system as what's happening in the divine, yesod is the potential for it at becoming actual, whatever this flow is, to become actual in the world, that possibility is yesod. I'm not saying this very well, I feel like. Um, yeah? Okay. And we'll, and we'll read other people who are more articulate than me about it. Um, so this, this foundation is not that, it's not that the, the foundation is here and everything's built on it. It go, kind of goes the other way. That the, me, the bringing of all from Kete or from Ain Sof all the way down creates a possibility of something manifest. The production, the productive. It, th- this is the reproductive potential, right? Malchut will be, here it is. What, what, what was money? A visual about like what that is. Um, so, right, so, but this is the first time we have potential for something to come into actuality. For the medieval Kabbalists, this was very important. Think 
Plato, think Aristotle. They were Neo-Aristotelians and Neoplatonists. So they're thinking about the difference between potential and actual. That is a very distinct thing in medieval thought and philosophy and in medieval Kabbalah. Everything is esoteric, everything is potential until there's now at Yisod the actual possibility of it getting real. Yeah? George? It's fine, but for me at least, my, my imagery, at least for the male member, is that it would be Netzah, mine is bigger than yours. <laughs> right. So I, Except it's not about what the, having a male member causes. Yes, that would be Netzach. Mine's bigger than yours. Yeah. Pull out the ruler, right? Which I sometimes want to say at meetings, <laughs> frankly. Let's get out the ruler, okay? And then we can cut this discussion off. So it's not what having a male member causes, right? It's, it's, this is what the male member's supposed to be about, which is providing a way forward into actuality of something manifest and new. The, the potential's there. And that's what Yusod represents, because Mahut's going to be the actualizing of it. Yeah? There's a hand, Bert. I remember vaguely in one of the readings, it mentioned that different of these spherot are feminine or masculine, and then this one seems to be both. Is there any sort of dichotomy within it, or is it supposed to encapsulate both? So generally, when we look at masculine and feminine, it goes down either side of the right... I'm I'm drinking squirt. (laughs) Chaim got squirt. I'm like, what is squirt? He goes, I don't know. They bought it from... So that's what I'm drinking. um, The right and the left, those are the columns down which the masculine and feminine goes. Right? And what's what's interesting is Gevura, what what do you think that one is? It's the feminine side. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Bina Gevura Hod is the feminine side. Chochmach Chesed Netzach is the masculine side. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, it's just energies. It's just, just energies. So when you're looking down the center column, it is about the, it, yes, it's, it's the combination, the relationship between masculine and feminine. All right. So, all right, let's go to your handouts. Go to the second page of the one that, that looks like this MLC, the Meaningful Life Center. This is the new handout. Go to the second, I mean the last page. I don't know how many pages in. The last page of the new handout. Yeah? All right. Yesod is also sometimes called bonding. Relation, like this relationship business. All right. Bert, read, please. Starting where? Yesod by Simon Jacobson. Bonding is the ultimate emotional connection. 
While the first five qualities, love, discipline, compassion, endurance, and humility, are interactive, they manifest duality, the lover and the beloved. The emphasis is on an individual's feelings, not necessarily on mutuality. All right, stop there. So what, what are we talking about the first five? What do we mean by the first five? Love, discipline, compassion, endurance, and humility. What are those? First five. Oh, love this. I love my people. Love, discipline. So chesed, gevura, compassion, and endurance, right? So, and humility. So you start to see that there's different language used for each of these firot, but you'll start to get comfortable with, okay, so they use humility here rather than, right? But, but the quality of the sphira remains the same. So when they say the first five, right, you're going to be like, oh, I know those. I know those, right? All right. So the first five qualities, the first five spherot or midot, right, or spiritual characteristics are interactive. They manifest duality, the lover and the beloved. The emphasis is on an individual's feelings, not necessarily on mutuality. Okay, go on, Bert. Bonding, on the other hand, is a complete fusion of the two. Without bonding, no feeling can be truly realized. Bonding means connecting, not only feeling for another, but being attached to him, not or just a, her. or her. Not just a token commitment, but total devotion. It creates a channel between giver and receiver. Bonding is eternal. It develops an everlasting union that lives on forever through the perpetual, perpetual fruit it bears. Bonding is the foundation of life. Oh, let's stop there. So we've had the conversation across the spherotic system, right? Those relationships and energies and interactions across the spherotic system funnels down through each triad to the next synthesis, yes? And so now we go from Tiferet, it's gonna drop down into Sod. So all those conversations across drop down now to Yesod. So this is about fusion. Everything before it fuses in Yesod. Do you see how, look at Yesod, go Go all the way up from, there's no more parallel stuff after Yisod. Do you see that? Yisod is below the last parallel relationship, horizontal relationship. Everything from Ein Sof all the way down funnels into Yisod. Think about that. All those relationships, everything that's going on, all the things we've talked about, all the ways of being, all the things we have to be aware of, all the things we're working on, it all funnels down to Yisod. Foundation, the possibility of bringing that forward into actuality. All right? I mean, they're all, they're all present in the actual. I'm not saying they're, they're abstract and not real. I'm saying, do you see, if you're looking at the system from top down, and you can go the other way. From Yisod, you, you can then pick apart all that other stuff going up and it flowers as a tree, unfolding and expanding. And this bonding is on many different levels. Okay, okay. I'm going to get disciplined. Thank you, Bert. Uh, raise your hand and I'm not going to do anything until Bert gives you the microphone. Yeah, because it makes the podcast. The bonding is on many different levels, too. It's not just between... A man and a woman is a pair. No, of course not. It's, it's between children and parents uh, and between uh, friends and... Absolutely, which is why I stopped. Thank you. 
Judith, for bringing that forward because that's why I stopped it. Bonding is the foundation of life. Bonding is the foundation of life. Bonding is how we bring forth something that's now a possibility become reality. It's about relationship, and we've seen relationships before this one. But yes, there's a, there's a way bonding at Yisod is different. And it's about the kind that brings forth something new and manifest that then itself goes on to do. Just a clarification question. Um, yes. In this section, it defines Yisod as bonding or as an example of bonding? As bonding. Okay. The principle of... The definition. The definition of pulling it all together. Right? So think everything above Yisod, it's about, pull, it's about bonding all of that. I mean, it's out of the bond of Netzach to Hod, but really, I think it's really more about, like, it's the pulling all of it together. Yes. All right. The emotional spine. I mean, the emotional... Bonding is the foundation of life. The emotional spine of the human psyche. Every person needs bonding to flourish and grow. The bonding between mother and child, between husband and wife, between brothers and sisters, between close friends. Bonding is affirmation. It gives one the sense of belonging, that I matter, I am significant and important. It establishes trust. Trust in yourself and trust in others. It instills confidence. Without bonding and nurturing, we cannot realize and be ourselves. Okay, obviously we can fix the language, which is very old. I'll just say orthodox, okay. Go on. Bonding channels all five previous qualities into a constructive bond, giving it the meaning foundation. Whereas all... Wait, wait, stop there. So bonding channels all five previous qualities into a constructive bond, giving it the meaning foundation. That's why, do you see Gabby there? She's tapping out. Gabby, she's talking to you. Um, That's why it means, that's how the definition is bonding. Like all previous five qualities come into a constructive bond, giving it foundation, but the quality is bonding. Okay, go ahead. Whereas all other human feelings are individual emotions, separate stories of a building, each a necessary component of human experience, bonding channels and integrates them all into one bond, which creates a foundation upon which the structure of human emotions firmly stands. Okay, stop there. Everything is necessary. These distinctions are necessary. They, they, I would say they are. They just are. All of those distinctions are that we've seen previously to Yesod, they are. They are part of reality. Bonding channels and integrates them into one bond, which creates a foundation. So, Mark, tell me how you might talk about... I'm going to learn to stop talking until there's a microphone in someone's hand. How, how might you explain this in terms of your profession? Well, you know, uh, there is a concept in, uh, in general psychology, very important in psychoanalysis as well, um, attachment. I'm sure George is very familiar with it. 
But attachment has a, a difference, and I think that the difference is intriguing because it is, to a certain extent, unidimensional. It is what? It's unidimensional. Unidimensional. It is originally an attachment between mother and infant. In fact, it can be demonstrated that it exists prior to birth. But um, it also becomes um, something that is, in some ways, uh, separate from other kinds of motivations having to do with the bringing together of people, of feelings, of ideas, any kind of bringing together um, that um, I sort of lost the train of my thought. But it, uh, it tends to, to go from its origin and to be thought of as something that then in one way or another, at one ab level of abstraction or another, informs other kinds of bondings. This, is, this to me is intriguing because it also goes the other way. And that uh, really, I think, changes the concept in a very fundamental way. How so? I don't know yet, but it's very, okay. very fundamental. Okay, I love that. So that, that means we have to have lunch. You know that, right? That means we have to have lunch and flesh it out. Um, yeah. Uh, but bonding, analytically, if I understand it right, is much more basic. You don't have the other qualities unless you have a a solid bonding between mother and infant. So that's... So as I think that's part of what, I mean, what, what Mark is, right? You, you don't have, it goes both ways. You don't, it, all of them funnel into bonding, but also if you, if you don't have that bonding, there's, there's no way for them the to bonding, manifest. you don't have you don't have any of the other qualities. Right. Yes. Yes. So hold that. Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't remember if I said this in the first class or to you afterwards, but originally when we were talking about this, it reminded me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where if you don't have the very basic needs fulfilled, you can't reach self-actualization, et cetera, pure happiness, um, which obviously is not as like interwoven as this one is, but I think on a basic level, you need to start fulfilling, if I understand it correctly, you need to start fulfilling each of these as an independent need, for lack of a better word, before you reach that bonding point? Question yes. mark. Yes. So what I love is that you're already instinctively making the move that it's not unidirectional, which is what I loved about this conversation. It's not unidirectional. It's not that it starts at Ein Sof and like trickles down to this only, right? It's that if I don't have the needs of Yisod met, then I, I can't really get to Netzach and Hod, much less Tiferet, which we talked about as being truth, you know, beauty, synthesis of Chesed and Gevura, real love, real strength, real um, connect power. I mean, I, I want to lean into Gevura. Like, so what... Um, and then, how, how can I possibly get to Chochmah and Bina, wisdom and understanding? How can I possibly get there if Yisod isn't fulfilled, the needs of Yisod? So I love that it didn't take me to get you there. Y'all got there instinctively. It's not just top down. It works the other way up, exactly right. Without Yisod being fulfilled, there's no possibility of accessing Awareness of, and I would say and bina, a reality of wisdom and understanding. So when you have this as the circles, where do the 
middle parts go? Look, look at the lines. Can you see the faint lines up there? That's where they are. And those faint lines each have a letter attached to them. And what are those letters? Those letters are in what language? Okay, so the Lashon HaKodesh, the holy language. All of our prayers, the whole Torah, everything's written in that language. What do you think they do with those letters? Can you imagine? If there's a letter attached to every single line that goes between every possibility of combinations between this Firot, if there's a letter assigned to that, now, I, believe me, because when I saw this and I gave it to Justin, I immediately went to find my Hebrew name. My Hebrew name is Rachel. Where's the resh? What is the relationship, right? The, what's the relationship line of the resh? Well, it turns out it's between Tiferet and Yesod. My second letter is Rachel, Chet, is between Bina and Chesed, right? Look at Bina to Chesed. You see that line? That's a Chet. Where's the Lamed? Oh, between Chesed and Tiferet. You see the Laman? Between, you don't have to know Hebrew. Between Chesed and Tiferet, there's a letter there. That's the last letter of my Hebrew name. So I immediately went to, huh. Okay, right. So even though it's crazy and out there, there is a part of me that was drawn to, wow, so what, what my name, what I'm called, what my parents decided was what they were gonna call my essence. Uh, okay, how does that? It's Tiferet to Yesod and Bina to Chesed and Chesed to Tiferet. Let me sit with that for a while. Now imagine doing that with every single word of the Torah. You could do that with every single word of every single prayer in our prayer book. Shema. Find the Shin, find the Mem, find the Ayin and write me an article on what this would say about what Shema really means. Do you see what, for them it wasn't just a game. For them, Shema, yes, of course we know what Shema means. We all know what Shema means. Even if we go deeply into what Shema means, listen, whatever. When you look up here, that's a whole nother level of exploring. I'm not saying it's true, like in quotes, true. What I'm saying is it's a, it's a game, but that, but that is kind of like tarot cards. If you, if you really lean into what it's informing you about, you can make some choices and go deeper into your relationship to certain things. So looking up here and finding out Shema, what, what, is, what is that? What, they, they spent a lot of time with that, right? They spent a lot of time on what are the relationships between the Sefirot that are involved in the Shema. Or, or, I don't know, pick another word that's loaded for us. Shalom, Baruch. Look, find the letters, and then you find the axes. Now you have to start exploring. Here's the relationship of the bet. That's that line. Then the resh of Baruch. Here's that line. Then the, so now you start unpacking or looking at things in a much more intricate and it's not to get up in our heads. I think it's the opposite. It's to say, let me explore the busting open of the word Shema and what it might actually be pointing to. Judith, you've been waiting to speak. I'm sorry. And listening happens. <laughs>
in looking at Yesod and the, the power of bonding and realizing in all our lives how powerful that bonding is because it really produces something beyond itself. Yes. I'm also thinking about the loss of the bonding. Yes. What happens to our relationship with Sfirot, I think it almost causes us to go back up the other way when the bonding between a mother and a child is lost to death or between a husband and a wife or between two close friends. Those, or estrangement. Or, yes. Those bonds are fragile sometimes and the foundation is threatened when the bonds cease to be yes. as strong as well, we want them there, to be. There are things that put cracks in foundations. They're called earthquakes. Emotional or whatever. earthquakes, you know, right, right. Yes. So what, when a crack is put in the foundation, right, it sends, um, when you have an earthquake, what are, what are the signals it gets? Shock waves. It sends shock waves up through the system, 100%. So I'm so glad that you've y'all have already like turned started turning it around exactly when there's a crack at the foundation because there's an earthquake those those ramifications go traveling up the tree. So what does that mean? Once I have a crack at the foundation, what does that mean about my netzach? Guess what? I may not have any right now because who the flip cares about world hunger? You have to when search. I've lost my child. And Hode, you want me to find the beauty in that? You want me to accept that? You want me to take it as it is? I don't think so. The ramifications, the shockwaves go all the way up. Two, guess what? Right. Ain't sof. And then you start over. And I'm not going to say ain't sof means it's all an illusion. That is not Jewish. That is not Jewish. When those reverberations go all the way up, Ainsof says, it is so massive, all of it. It is so beyond my comprehension. It is so incredibly long if you look back and forward and out. My pain is what it is. And it is held in Ainsof. It is held in the massiveness of the history of experience, both backwards and forwards. It is not in any way to denigrate. When the shock waves go all the way up from my pain and my loss, and when those shock waves go all the way up to Ain Sof, Ain Sof is not about it's obliterated or it doesn't matter because it's all nothing. That is not the point. I want to be very clear about this. The point is it's all held in the bigness that is beyond anything that any of us can imagine and we all in this room have suffered and perhaps that's where the wisdom begins to grow well and chokhmah and bina and keter are informed wisdom and understanding are informed by what happens in Yusod just as much as the other way Believe me, my God concept is pretty heavily informed by my cracks at Yesod. I do not have a theology that is not informed mostly from the breaks at Yesod. Which is why I do not have a God who listens, hears, and makes decisions and is all-powerful and all-knowing. 
because I know about too much that goes on at Yisod. Sorry. I know too much. My Ein Sof is informed by a lot of stuff down here and a lot of breaks in that Yisod circle. But that's the point because my theology will hold because the reverberations have gone up and affected everything else in that system. My understanding, my, my, what I think is wise, what is all, right? It, it goes both ways. And there are times, because I have big fissures here like we all do, or I won't claim we all do. I have a lot of big fissures here. I desperately need the system to go the other way. Which is, to Bert's point last time, why I pray. So I can open to something that comes down the other way. This is always moving. This is not yes. something that you get to one place and yes. you stay there of forever. Of it's course. constantly Absolutely. moving. But my point is that I've talked a lot about how Yusod goes up right now, but what I'm saying is the point of prayer for me is so that Ein Sof can come and filter through Keter and Chochmah wisdom and Bina understanding and Chesed and Gevura and reach me and help fill in some of the gaps in the Yisod circle. Yeah? That, it, it needs to be fluid both ways because it's just, that's what it is. All right, so let's go on. Bonding is giving all of yourself, not just part. It's not one emotion, but all of them. So Yisod completes the spectrum of the first six emotions. I want to say clearly here, because I am someone who hates the book called The Giving Tree. I hate it. I hate it. I love Shel Silverstein. I hate that book. Don't look at me sad, Gabby, because I'm going to tell you, I hate that book. Because it says you should give everything and keep nothing. You should be a stump. It does. You should be a stump for the boy to sit on at the end. We'll have another conversation. We're going to have lunch too. Bonding is giving all of yourself, not all of the time. We're talking about the quality you sowed. When we're talking about actual, like, spherotic conversations about bonding, it's about giving all of myself. But it may be one moment out of a week. Right? It, it, I don't want to make it sound like the only way to bond is to give all of yourself. That's not true. We're talking about the, the fundamental quality of Yusod is about when we are able to give all of ourselves and receive all of right, who someone else is who chooses to meet us and to, and to accept the all of ourselves. Like the Judy Griffith is ready to accept the all of me is like crazy. <laughs> who would sign up for that? <laughs> That's insane. So it's not just that we're willing to give all of ourselves, right? It's that somebody's ready to hold that, that somebody's ready to accept that and meet that. That's great. Like, that's a, okay, so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Yisud. Right, there's other kinds of bonding that you go for a bike ride and that's it. You give one part of yourself. It's your legs and your thighs and your heart. That's it. Right? I'm not saying there's no other kinds of bonding because I, I think that could be misread. Okay, go on. No, I Just make one comment. Yeah. I think to me it's in the meeting that it's not a, I'm kind of 
rephrasing what you said. It's not that giving Judy's all, crazy. It's not, rephrasing it, that. No, I was not talking about anybody <laughs> in particular. No, that that you give your all, but you don't disappear. Yes. That in your giving, you are present. You are giving and receiving simultaneously. I sound like we Woody need to have lunch to talk about what I'm about to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Carol. Um, which uh, you can come with us is which is. Um, I don't think it really is bonding when you give all of yourself away. No, I know. I say it's not. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, it's not. Yeah. It's in the meeting. It's in yes. the meeting of someone yes. in the yes, middle. Yes, yes. Okay, it's great. not in surrendering yourself. So Anyhow, finish reading. So, but, um, so Judy's not crazy. No, she's not she crazy. Is the foundation of Yisod is different from any ordinary foundation. It does not just rest beneath the higher levels of the structure, but encompasses them all. An effective bedrock of the emotional psyche cannot remain separate, but must include and permeate all the emotions. Only then can bonding be constructive and everlasting. All right. So everlasting, right, is part of this. Foundation is everlasting. Or that's kind of the goal. Or the nature of it. Or whatever. So in thinking about all these things, I think one has to be able to recognize the various spherot as you are going through this whole navigating the whole uh, picture and recognize when you're here and when you're there and and how to um, navigate them in however order or that come however order that comes up yes and and that's the point right that's the whole point of this yes thank you Linda that's the whole reason for this just to throw up a chart and say, here's what my, that's not help. Id, ego, super ego. Okay, that's lovely. How does that help me navigate the line that I get in the grocery store that always stops? Always. It doesn't matter which grocery store. It doesn't matter how many times I go to different grocery stores. When I get in the line, it stops. The copier stops working whenever I know it hears me coming. Whenever it hears my, it he, well, everyone, Justin's laughing because they all hear me coming whenever I'm coming, like I, because that's how I walk. But my mother said, I don't understand how the dishes rattle in the house when you walk through the house, but you are a ballet dancer on the stage and don't fall off into the orchestra pit. Like, I don't understand. Okay, where was I? So the, that's the, the point is how do we, like, this is not just, okay, we do this and we put it up there, ego, it's super ego. It's how does it get me through that grocery store line in a way that I can be self-reflective? How, how does it, how does it say this, this triggers that I had to wait as a child? I was child number seven, so I always had to wait. And I hate waiting. But when we have the awareness, it's because I was child number seven. Because I know the, right, I can look up at the chart or remember the chart or internalize the chart of what's going on at any given moment. I'm able to bring that to bear on how I behave in the world and also how I hold stuff that comes in. I don't have to be the victim that the tape ran out again because it's not about me, right? And, and, and that's the whole point of any of this. It's to say exactly what you did, which is how do we... It was a, the whole point of this was to help people figure out how do we talk about and discuss together 
and learn together and teach one another about the wisdom of exploring mindfully the relationship of all these things. And like I'll say it again, in case people only listen to this lecture or only come to this lecture, um, because this is not right or true or anything more than anything else is. It's a way that our tradition has looked at it and chosen to talk about or has developed a way to talk about it so that we could have this conversation. I cared less about giving you Hod and Netzach and whatever than I do about the fact of the conversation we have once we've opened that up as a common set of terms. That's the conversation Bert and I and Mark and I with Bert are trying to figure out how do we take this further? Okay, now we've done all this. Are y'all done and you go home and now after the next lecture, we're done? I would like to figure out a way that we sit together and actually reflect on what's happened in our week, what's going on, and, and, and where we see this happening, because it gives us a language to share, right? And a common vocabulary, which is what the Kabbalists were interested in. A common vocabulary about how to explore both the very real things about getting stuck in the grocery store line, and then what does it mean that my father was diagnosed and dead in six months? That's a grocery store line too, isn't it? That is a very bad grocery store line. And I'm not the first to be standing in it. And I'm not the last. So friends die. And it all happens really quickly. Lots of people in one spate. How has that happened? Like so many losses all like this and then years go by with nothing. So it gives us a language to be able to sit with each other and talk with each other and to lift it up from the grocery store line, which is really important. How do I handle that? That's really important because the next person I encounter when I get back to KI is going to feel whatever happened to the grocery store line. How I handle the grocery store line moment is about who I meet with next, how they're going to experience me, right? And so I'll stop in a second, um, but I don't lose this. Um, so that's really important. I'm not diminishing that. That's really important. And it has ramifications to my relationship with stuff way higher up on the spherotic system about how do I relate to being seen and held in the universe? Do I need to be so central? If so, what's going on with that? Can I take some time to say, okay, so I'm gonna go take a walk in nature to remind me that I'm part of a much larger system and it's not all about me? In other words, it's not just in my head, it's about my relationship to the bigger, the, the, the holy, the sacred, the cosmic, the eternal, the ein sof of it all. And then I have, through committing to saying, I get it being mindful and present and deepening my presence in that moment. I can say I need to go into nature so that I can access Ein Sof and say, I'm pissed at you. Not that there's a you. <laughs> I or I, uh, right? And in doing that, says our tradition, I'm able to then pull in the, okay, yeah, yeah, it sucks, it's hard. And it's okay, 
It's, it's all so big and grand and amazing and you get to take another breath and another step and your dog loves you in that next step. And that, that's, I'm trying to say it was bigger than just a system to, to be focused on language and words and blah, blah, blah and getting in our heads. It was a, a way to say it really is how we relate to the universe and how we can have the universe manifest in our lives if we're mindful and careful and mature about it, we can, we can create a different kind of thing going forward, which is next week, malchut. We can create something really different coming out of that that can really manifest in the world, really, truly, really. Okay. George, I know you've been waiting. Yes, but I couldn't interrupt. It was so wonderful. So <laughs> on a roll. But uh, you set a, uh, another set of languages earlier. Ein Sof, one of the things is chaos. And that this system, as Ferot, uh, one, what, what one tries to do in chaos is order chaos. And this gives a fine language and system of attempting to ordering it when you go back there on a great emotional upset in the foundation. What I love about what you just said, George, is that it proves you've been at Torah study. Because <laughs> I never said chaos in this room. I never said chaos. Not once in this le- series of lectures. You took that from Torah study, that when we talk about primordial nothingness, it's chaos, according, right, to the biblical cosmology, and that what creation was, vayihi or, let there be or, let there be light separated from darkness. So we talked about how all of creation is about separation, right, and ordering of things, and when you want to have, when it comes to a disorder, it's about all that collapses, the water's from the top and the water's from the bottom come, and we have no, the flood, right? So you're, you're, you're bringing, you're bringing the backstory to this. I love that. You are bringing the biblical backstory to the sense Jewishly that when you have chaos, the way to create meaning is to lean into some kind of separating out that then comes back in. You, I never put that together until you said that. I never put that together. <laughs> don't do it again. So she just says, don't do it again. I love that, but, that, but right, because like, that's what we do. We try to make order. Of course we do, because life is chaos and existence is chaotic and crazy, right? And of course we want to make order. But this is not about order in a sense that you have to box things in. It's about order in, in the sense of, it's, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, I could react out of that. How do you think that's going to go? Just ask my daughter. When I come home and, like, how does that go? Generally not so well, right? But if I can say, look, mommy's really tired. Mommy's really hungry. Mommy needs some downtime. Then mommy's ready to talk to you, right? To, because it's about figuring out what's happening so that I can be mindful. It's not just about ordering things because it's never going to be ordered. It's about being mindful of what's happening and giving us a language to talk about what's happening to ourselves and then to other people because that's how we create relationships of trust, both to ourselves 
and with other people. And so we can, right, name what's happening, be mindful about it, and then make choices. If we're not mindful, we can't make choices and we just react. What that, is that, the, is, that is what we're living in right now, I think. The reactivity that we're living, I the molar, blah, 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 from this morning and all the, right? We're living in an, so much reactivity, it, right, that does not produce good things. Is this 14th century? Oh, do, oh don't, don't do dates for me. No. I don't know. But what, uh, well, it depends get, which part we're okay. talking about. So this came together over a period of hundreds of years? The Kabbalah? Right. Or the, the, the spherotic system? The spherotic system. system. Right, it starts with Luria, Rabbi Isaac Luria. Um, 15. I guess my point is it, it is somewhat amazing that we're talking about this in 21st century terms <laughs> right. and that this is something whose roots are in a time 16th, 7th, when, 17th, 16th when we're talking and even earlier actually right we're talking about middle age we're talking about earlier. late middle we're talking about late middle ages and if you look at what europe was doing at that time you look at what you know we're talking inquisition times or maybe even before then i find it truly amazing that a system put together at that point really resonates with us today it, and I, I think that well, speaks... I mean, and to George's point, George went all the way back to right. creation, like, like to the very beginning. Yeah. Like, so, right, we, we, we dismiss pretty easily, well, that was the you know, ancient Near Eastern cosmology, and that's the you know, medieval view of what... And we dismiss a lot of that. Um, and I think the purpose for me of being involved in a tradition that's this long is it we don't dismiss it. We don't say, well, that was medieval thinking. What we say is, let's reconstruct it. What from medieval thinking that we see represented here resonates with us, still feels true to us, still feels helpful for us, and what doesn't? But you have to know it before you can do that. And most Jews, and I'm not being pejorative or judgmental here, I swear, most Jews don't know it enough to say, that was medieval, that's Kabbalah, mysticism, blah, 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 who cares? We read the Torah the same way. And read the Torah the same way. We read the Bible the same way. Who cares? It's a patriarchal, antiquated, who cares? If we're not fundamentalists, why would we not look at the wisdom of the ages and try to reconstruct what has been timeless and we decide what's timeless we decide okay it still holds or it doesn't hold but what's what's hard for me and sad for me is that most people don't even know what they're rejecting when they say that's a medieval mystical blah 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 really well I've got Mark Fish in here telling me you know what Rabbi it's different language it's a little different but it overlays pretty pretty fundamentally over my career of treating people. And that's the point, right? Is it, okay. Where are we? Oh my gosh. We were done with that piece. (laughs) We are. Yes, Gabby, did you want to say something? Hmm? Looking at your watch. Yep, okay. Is it it five after eight? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want you to go to Art Green. Your packet on Art Green, I mean from Art Green, by Art Green. Then I want you to go to page 54. 
All right, drop down one, two, three, four, five. Like five lines down, middle of the fifth line. The ninth sphera, the synthesis, the synthesis of the second inner struggle. Remember, we talked about the first inner struggle is between Chesed and Gevura, which results in Tiferet. We're now talking about the second one, which is Netzach and Hod, right? So the ninth sphera, the synthesis of the second inner struggle, is tzaddik, in a sense that I would here translate as rectifier, the one who rectifies or sets straight the course. This redirected, straightened course has been through the excess zeal of Netzach, often exemplified by youth, in which everything is going to be made perfect, tempered by the wisdom and appreciativeness of Hod. It is ready to become the foundation. Yesod in Hebrew, a frequently found name for this rung. So the, it is ready to become the foundation of stable personality. This stage represents a new fullness or maturity of personal development. It is the balanced self after another round of testing, meaning the first round of testing was the tip over from Chesed and Gevura into Tiferet, right? That was the first testing. The second testing is here. It is the balanced self after another round of testing, the one who knows where to strive Netzach, and where to accept limits, Hod. It represents shalom, the wholeness of inner peace. All right, so let's, you know, it makes you happy, Judith, because you always want to jump to shalom, but now we actually have it here, like, articulated by... And I love that shalom. Right? So the balanced self knows where to strive and where to accept limits. That is inner peace. And it doesn't mean the other things are irrelevant. It means all of those other things have funneled down to this, to the way it's acted out in our lives, in the world of Netzach and Hod, comes to the foundation, meaning foundation, I guess, in this sense, means something that's strong and uh, not strong, something that is full and whole. It comes out of the distinctions and differences between striving and accepting. And when we can do that, then there is a strong foundation. I was confused. I couldn't understand how these two uh, how these two elements led to bonding. What you just said had nothing to do with bonding. Right. So uh, I, I, I couldn't understand how bonding came out of those. Okay. Yeah, foundation is usually how we talk about Yisod. Bonding is um, Simon Jacobson's language. He's, he's very versed in this stuff, so I'm not going to challenge him. I'm just saying usually Yisod is translated as foundation. So in the way that you just described that, I heard a lot of things that I associate with Gevorah and Hesed in terms of like the limits in Gevora and the, the mercy in Hesed and all that stuff, are those meant to be within these two because yes. they're lower down? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. All, all of that is present here. Absolutely. Or maybe challenged by what's happening here. There may be an absence of Hesed. Which would 
or an overbalance of gavura, right? And that would affect what happens down here. And, and what happens down here can reverberate back. Yeah, did I see another hand somewhere? No, okay. Um, la, 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 la. Um, so, um, the, no, 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 yeah, but no. Um, sorry. So, I talk, Bert, look at me. You'll know what I, what I am going to say when I say so I, I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous about that. Um, so um, the balanced self, knowing where to strive and where to accept limits. So Eliana Faye came home. Mm-hmm. The other, uh, or uh, Judy's away. You know I like to give a person like a grounded example of, of what this stuff is. So Judy's away in Atlanta. It's me and Ellie. And I said, I've been saying to her for weeks, Sunday and Monday, I have off. I have a crazy. I have three bar mitzvahs Saturday. My life is insane. Shabbat at the beach on Friday. My life's insane. But Sunday and Monday, we have Sunday and Monday. And Judy's gone. We have Sunday and Monday. Because often I feel torn, as we all do. I gotta have a partner that I need to be with. I come home at nine o'clock, I need to be with my partner who's gonna go to sleep, she's gotta take my daughter to school, and my daughter needs to see me before she And so, like I said, okay, Sunday and Monday, we have Sunday and Monday, we have Sunday and Monday. And so she spends Sunday doing something, and then she tells me Monday she has to study all day. So she comes home Sunday night. After, we're just gonna have pizza at Mia's house. We're making is making pizza. We'll be home at. She said, "This is like four o'clock, nine forty-five. She comes home. <laughs> mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, I'm not so happy to receive right, and she has to study all day tomorrow. Um, and so she writes me this letter after she gets. So after we talked about it, because I'm leaning into Netzach, it can be different. We have to strive for it. We have to go there. We have to figure it out. So I said, I'm going to talk to you honestly. I really am frustrated that I've been telling you for weeks that we're going to spend two days together. And then we did it. And I want that to be different for us. I want us to live into a different kind of relationship. I want you to show up. And if you're not going to show up, I want you to tell me so I can go do what I want to do and not feel guilty about it. Netzach is about we can do this, we can change this, we can make it how we want it. She gets that, she goes to bed, she writes me on notebook paper, I'm sorry I was a selfish teenager. I understand that I didn't listen to what we were gonna do. I love you, you never need to feel guilty because you're a great mom. I so love you and I'm so sorry. And she, it's notebook paper, so she wraps pipe cleaners <laughs> through the notebook paper holes and makes an arc so she can slip it on the inside of my door on the door handle. <laughs> we can lean into what we want to be different. Right? That's so amazing. And we have to work for it. And we have to believe it. And we have to take risks. And we have to do all of that. And then there's Hode. That last night, I had to work. What time are you coming home? Nine o'clock. Because <laughs> we had a board meeting. Birth laughing. Because we were here till 10.15. So I came, because Lisa fed her. She had a good dinner. I walk in at 10.30, her light's still on, so I go in, I know you have finals tomorrow, baby girl. How are you? Complete cold shoulder. (laughs) Complete cold shoulder. Why are you even on my bed? (laughs) 
staring at her computer, which is open, which has flashcards on it, so I have to be, and won't even talk to me. Right? That's real relationship is, we can do this differently, we can figure this out, we have a perfect vision and we're gonna live into it, I'm gonna do everything I can, and then I was like, you know what, I am too tired. Last night, I was wise enough, after being with all of you and talking about this, I was wise enough to say, I'm too tired to talk about the cold shoulder you're giving me right now. I don't deserve it, it's not fair, and it's not, it's not okay with me, it doesn't make me happy, um, and well, I, good luck tomorrow, and, and let, text me, let me know how your test went. But like, that, like it's, it's not supposed to be esoteric. This is, this is reality. This is what, right, is our greatest thing. Like this, this is wholeness, is when we strive and struggle to believe we can do it differently and we really can get there. And we have to accept what we have to accept about what the limits are and who we all are and who we both are and who this thing is and what this thing is. And that. Is this, I know we talked about that last time. Well, I'm thinking, that's a solid foundation. Because don't we all want that from everybody we're involved with? Yes, help me reach for me being better. Yes, help us reach for a better relationship that we are going to finally go biking on the beach this weekend. Whatever. Like, and accept me. And accept the circumstances and accept what it is without a lot of story and blame and shame and guilt and stuff and drama. When we can live really in those two places in balance, that is a solid foundation. And that, Sheldon, I think is why Simon Jacobson goes to bonding. Because it's a solid foundation. And I would think he would say for relationships. And, it, and it's not just between people, like between us and the world, between us and a cause, between us and an institution, between us and the, the and I mean this respectfully, the dog, between us and like, when we can really live this, it's a solid foundation for bringing everything else forward, which is next week. <laughs> see, what, see what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> I just want to, let's close out because I think um, it's beautiful what he says um, going forward. So Bert, will you read it in theory? In theory, the synthesis too could become a new thesis, calling forth yet another opposite and another resolution, and so on. Ad infinitum. Ad infinitum. Like we could do this thing that we see up there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. The dialectic is an unending process. So too is the task of inner growth, the challenging and refining of human personality. But the point has already been made, and once is enough. A tenfold model has a simple perfection about it that would be lost if we were to carry it further. Meaning, it's not that we can't go further with breaking things down and doing another thesis and, right, Antithesis and synthesis. We could we could do this ad infinitum, but but at some point then it becomes like what is it? How many angels can dan- dance on the head of a pin? Like what is is that helpful and fruitful? And clearly, our green is saying no. We, you, at some point, you have to stop, or else 
it just devolves into right fractions of fractions of fractions of ideas. Okay, go on. The first nine spherot thus represent three triads, one describing the primal process out of which personhood... Okay, stop. The first nine spherot, which is where we are, we're at the ninth sphera. The first nine spherot represent three triads. The first triad is the primal process out of which personhood, both divine and human, is born. That is Keter Chochmabina. Okay, go on. Followed by the two triads of tension and resolution, taking us to the place of peace. Life energy is endlessly coursing through this pattern, binding the spherot together into a single whole. This is the energy that will flow from God into the world, allowing all creatures to exist as varied manifestations of the single one. Before the border can be crossed from oneness into multiplicity, however, that energy must be received into the great and transformative storehouse of being, represented by the final link in the inner divine process, God as Shekhinah, or abundant presence. All right, so we talked about the first three spherot, the primal process out of which personhood, both divine and human, so both the divine and the human emanate from those first three spherot, followed by the two triads of tension. What are the two triads? Chesed, Gevura, Tiferet. That's the first triad. The second triad, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, right? So the two triads of tension between them, and then the resolution. The first resolution, Tiferet. The second resolution, Yesod. Taking us to the place of what Art Green calls wholeness. Peace. Those, the first three, then the tensions, the resolution, tension, resolution brings us to Yesod. A solid foundation. When they're all working together, obviously. Life energy is endlessly coursing through this pattern, binding the spherot together into a single whole. This is the energy that will flow from God into the world, allowing all creatures to exist as varied manifestations of the single one. Before the border can be crossed from oneness into multiplicity, however, that energy must be received into the great and transformative storehouse of being represented by the final link in the inner divine process, God as Shekhinah or abundant presence, which is next time.